Hello and welcome to Daily Prayer today for August 28th, 2021. Glad that you are with me. Let's go ahead and get started. O Lord, open my lips and my mouth shall proclaim your praise. We pray to you, O Lord, you hear us in the morning. At sunrise, we offer our prayer and wait for your answer. The Lord be with you and also with you. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give our thanks and praise. O Lord our God, we give you thanks that through the gift of our baptism you have poured out your grace upon us and claimed us as your beloved people. By the power of your Holy Spirit, help us to love and serve you always and to love and serve one another. Through Jesus Christ our Savior. Amen. Our readings for today are Psalm 122, 149, 1 Kings 7, 51 through 8, 21, Acts 28, 17 through 31, and Mark 14, 43 through 52. Listen for God's word to speak to you. Psalm 122. I was glad when they said to me, Let us go to the house of the Lord. Our feet are standing within your gates, O Jerusalem. Jerusalem, built as a city that is bound firmly together. To it the tribes go up, the tribes of the Lord, as was decreed for Israel, to give thanks to the name of the Lord, for there the thrones for judgment were set up, the thrones of the house of David. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. May they prosper who love you. Peace be within your walls and security within your towers. For the sake of my relatives and friends, I will say, Peace be with you. For the sake of the house of the Lord our God, I will seek your good. Psalm 149 Praise the Lord. Sing to the Lord a new song. God's praise in the assembly of the faithful. Let Israel be glad in its maker. Let the children of Zion rejoice in their king. Let them praise God's name with dancing, making melody to God with tambourine and lyre, for the Lord takes pleasure in God's people. God adorns the humble with victory. Let the faithful exult in glory. Let them sing for joy on their couches. Let the high praises of God be in their throats and two-edged swords in their hands to execute vengeance on the nations and punishment on the peoples, to bind their kings with fetters and their nobles with chains of iron, to execute on them the judgment decreed. This is glory for all God's faithful ones. Praise the Lord. 1 Kings 7.51-8.21 Thus all the work that King Solomon did on the house of the Lord was finished. Solomon brought in the things that his father David had dedicated, the silver, the gold, and the vessels, and stored them in the treasures of the house of the Lord. Treasuries, excuse me. Then Solomon assembled the elders of Israel and all the heads of the tribes, the leaders of the ancestral houses of the Israelites, before King Solomon in Jerusalem, to bring up the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord out of the city of David, which is Zion. All the people of Israel assembled, to King Solomon at the festival of the month Ethanim, which is the seventh month. 
And all the elders of Israel came, and the priests carried the ark. So they brought up the ark of the Lord, the tent of meeting, and all the holy vessels that were in the tent. The priests and the Levites brought them up. King Solomon and all the congregation of Israel who had assembled before him were with him before the ark, sacrificing so many sheep and oxen that they could not be counted or numbered. Then the priests brought the ark of the covenant of the Lord to its place in the inner sanctuary of the house in the most holy place underneath the wings of the cherubim, for the cherubim spread out their wings over the place of the ark, so that the cherubim made a covering above the ark and its poles. The poles were so long that the ends of the poles were seen from the holy place in front of the inner sanctuary, but they could not be seen from outside. They are there to this day. There was nothing in the ark except the two tablets of stone that Moses had placed there at Horeb, where the Lord made a covenant with the Israelites when they came out of the land of Egypt. And when the priests came out of the holy place, a cloud filled the house of the Lord so that the priests could not stand to minister because of the cloud, for the glory of the Lord filled the house of the Lord. Then Solomon said, The Lord has said that he would dwell in thick darkness. I have built you an exalted house, a place for you to dwell in forever. Then the king turned around and blessed all the assembly of Israel with all the assembly of Israel stood. He said, Blessed be the Lord, the God of Israel, who with God's hand has fulfilled what God promised with God's mouth to my father David, saying, Since the day that I brought my people Israel out of Egypt, I have not chosen a city from any of the tribes of Israel in which to build a house that my name might be there. But I chose David to be other over my people Israel. My father David had it in mind to build a house for the name of the Lord, the God of Israel. But the Lord said to my father David, You did well to consider building a house for my name. Nevertheless, you shall not build the house, but your son, who shall be born to you, shall build the house for my name. Now the Lord has upheld the promise that God made, for I have risen in the place of my father David. I sit on the throne of Israel, as the Lord promised, and have built the house for the name of the Lord, the God of Israel. There I have provided a place for the ark, in which is the covenant of the Lord that God made with our ancestors which God brought when God brought them out of the land of Egypt. Acts 28, 17 through 31, which is the end of Acts. Three days later, Paul called together the local leaders of the Jews. When they had assembled, he said to them, Brothers, though I had done nothing against our people or the customs of our ancestors, yet I was arrested in Jerusalem and handed over to the Romans. When they had examined me, the Romans wanted to release me because there was no reason for the death penalty in my case. But when the Jews objected, I was compelled to appeal to the emperor, even though I had no charge to bring against my nation. For this reason, therefore, I have asked to see you and speak with you, since it is for the sake of the hope of Israel that I am bound with this chain. They replied, "Uh, We have received no letters from Judea about you, and None of the brothers coming here has reported or spoken anything evil about you. But we would like to hear from you what you think, for with regard to this sect, we know that everywhere it is spoken against. 
After they had set a day to meet with him, they came to him at his lodgings in great numbers. From morning until evening, he explained the matter to them, testifying to the kingdom of God and trying to convince them about Jesus, both from the law of Moses and from the prophets. Some were convinced by what he said, while others refused to believe. So they disagreed with each other, and as they were leaving, Paul made one further statement. The Holy Spirit was right in saying to your ancestors through the prophet Isaiah, Go to this people and say, You will indeed listen, but never understand, and you will indeed look, but never perceive. For this people's heart is, has grown dull, and their ears are hard of hearing, and they have shut their eyes, so that they may not look with their eyes, and listen with their ears, and understand with their hearts, and turn, and I would heal them. Let it be known to you, then, that this salvation of God has been sent to the Gentiles. They will listen. He lived there two whole years at his own expense and welcomed all who came to him, proclaiming the kingdom of God and teaching about the Lord Jesus Christ with all boldness and without hindrance. And Mark fourteen forty three through 52. Immediately while Jesus was speaking, Judas, one of the twelve, arrived, and with him there was a crowd with swords and clubs from the chief priests, the scribes, and the elders. Now the betrayer had given them a sign, saying, The one I will kiss is the man. Arrest him and lead him away under guard. So when he came, he went up to Jesus at once and said, Rabbi, and kissed him. Then they laid hands on him and arrested him. But one of those who stood near drew his sword and struck the slave of the high priest, cutting off his ear. Then Jesus said to them, Have you come out with swords and clubs to arrest me as though I were a bandit? Day after day I was with you in the temple, teaching you. And you did not arrest me, but let the scriptures be fulfilled. All of them deserted him and fled. A certain young man was following him, wearing nothing but a linen cloth. They caught hold of him, but he left the linen cloth and ran off naked. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So, the tabernacle, or I'm sorry, not the tabernacle anymore. The temple has now been built. This is the first temple. So this is based on the tabernacle, the tent of meeting that God told Moses to make, a very specific sort of way. It would house the, the Holy of Holies, the Ark of the Covenant. It, would, it was constructed in a very specific way. And as Hebrew reminds us, it's, the idea is that it's sort of this image of or copy of the, the actual heavenly throne room. So... Solomon builds this structure out of stone and wood, and he is now sort of consecrating it and is speaking to the people. We have uh, a reinstitution of the sacrificial system, which we you may remember at the beginning of First Kings, it was told to us that basically people weren't sacrificing to the Lord at this point. They would go to up to the high places, to the Baals, the local gods. And, and sacrifice to them. Now they're sacrificing to the Lord at this place. There are all of these priests. Everything is set. The Ark of the Covenant comes in, and then this cloud fills the temple, which seems very strange maybe to us, 
What is going on here is this is the what's called the Shekinah glory. This is this mist, this cloud um, that in various places in throughout scripture and and in accounts of this happening, it's almost the physical presence of the living God as this sort of mist or this cloud or this vapor or something right it's it's not exactly clear it is it fills the temple so much that the priests even cannot enter into this presence of god and solomon begins this long um speech this long sermon that he will give that we'll look at over the next day or so and he begins by saying sort of reiterating that David, although he was great and wonderful, one and wanted to build a house for the Lord, was unable to do so. And so now I have built this house for the Lord, a permanent structure for the living God. So God did not allow David to build this house, but Solomon is doing this. This is maybe a little bit of a a brag. Maybe, you know, it's sort of this, this is not something that David was able to do. This is something that I'm able to do. We may also have a little bit of a revisionist history. God was not very pleased with the whole idea of a, you know, a physical structure, liked this idea of a tabernacle. Um, but it seems maybe that, uh, that this is an okay thing to have a physical structure of this temple. Um, and it will be a place where people can gather and worship God. That's the hope. That's the design. Um, does not always live up to that, as we know. But there you go. Then we have in Acts, Paul meets with the, the Jewish population of Rome. And he says, okay, I just want to get ahead of this. You know, they sent me here, uh, the, the Jewish authorities in Jerusalem. They were against me, all these sorts of things. And the people there say, we have no idea what you're talking about. But we'd be happy to hear about you know, what you're doing, and we want to hear about this sect, this this way, Christianity. Everywhere people have been talking against it, in our population, in the Roman population, people seem to be not big fans of yours, so we'd like to hear about it. So they all gather, and he gets this chance to, to proclaim, um, even though he's sort of housebound, they come to his house, and he proclaims the gospel to them. Many of them come to believe, and many of them don't, probably the majority of them don't, and they start to argue about it. And he basically says and reiterates what seems to be the overall scope of the, the book of Acts is, fine, you're just fulfilling what God o- already said to the prophet Isaiah. I will preach to you, but you will not listen, right? You're hard-headed. So for this reason, I'm going to keep preaching to the Gentiles. and so. Then we leave the book of Acts with Paul there in Rome, proclaiming the good news to anyone who will listen. In fact, from other letters, we find that there are some even in Caesar's household who become believers. And as far as we can tell, he lives out his days there in Rome. According to church tradition, he was beheaded eventually. And, uh, and that is the end of Paul and the end of the book of Acts. We have in our gospel reading the famous Judas betrayal scene. Judas comes and, and as the sign for the, the people who he is with, that it's Jesus that they're looking at. 
Uh, he is going to kiss him on the cheek. This is a fairly common gesture in the Middle East, especially. Um, there's there's not really any strange overtones that we would have if if I as a male were to come up with another come up to another male in America and kiss them on the cheek. That would probably not get a, a great reaction, <laughs> depending on who it is. But um, this would not be not be a strange thing for him to do at the time. But uh, Jesus does note that this is this very sort of familial, even semi-intimate um, gesture, and he's betraying him in that. That's that's pretty. Uh, it's pretty rough. Some of the disciples want to strike out. One cuts off the ear of the servant. Um, and Jesus says, no, 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 stop this. Why are you doing this? Why are you doing this in this way? I've been in the temple all week. I have been preaching. I've been teaching. There's, there's no way you couldn't have not found me. So why are you coming out to me in the middle of a night with this angry mob, right? But this is the appropriate thing because this fulfills the scripture that he's counted among sort of the, the criminals. And the disciples run. One even runs away completely naked because all he was wearing was a linen thing and it was caught hold up. Um, everybody leaves. And so Jesus is arrested. And we begin truly sort of this Maundy Thursday type, um, this this culmination and climax of of the Passion Week. So those are our readings for today. Let's go ahead and join together in prayer. Satisfy us with your love in the morning, and we will live this day in joy and praise. Eternal God, we rejoice this morning in the gift of life which we have received by your grace and the new life you give in Jesus Christ. Especially we thank you for ministries of compassion, witness, and service. Those who make and grow the things we need. The communities in which we live. Strength and abilities to serve you today. Indications of your love at work in the world. People of God, for what else do we give thanks? We give thanks for this day, as as you may be able to hear. It is raining outside, so we give thanks for the rain. God of grace, we offer our prayers for the needs of others and commit ourselves to serve them, even as you have served us in Jesus Christ. Especially we pray for the church in Africa. The conservation of the soil, water, and air. Those closest to us in this community. Friends and relatives who are far away. All who care for others in body, mind, and spirit. People of God, for what else do we pray? We continue to pray for the people of Afghanistan and Haiti. 
We lift up an online prayer request from Didi for their friend Khadija. Another online request from Philip for God's protection from bias, hate, racism, violence, and abuse. For Michelle, part of the extended family of Olga, who is in the hospital due to COVID. For Wayne, who's having a leg amputated. For Donald, uh, or Donald's grandson, Donald is a friend of Don's. The grandson was in a terrible accident. He's going to be in a wheelchair for several months on the way to recovery. God of our salvation, as the light of morning dawns, heaven and earth sing your praise. Cause us to live and grow in faith so that we may bear good fruit for the glory of your holy realm. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Now let us continue to pray using the words that Christ taught us, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Now may we continue to grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen. Bless the Lord. The Lord's name be praised. Thank you so much for joining me today for daily prayer. Join me tomorrow for some more. Like this video, share it with someone else, click on the subscription and the notification button, as well as going to our website, johncalvinchurch.org, for more information. Our liturgy today came from the Book of Common Worship of the Presbyterian Church USA 2018 edition. Our readings came from the New Revised Standard Version of the Bible. And that's it. Thank you so much for joining me. Have a blessed day. Bye.